Hi, welcome to Nerd vs. Nerd, a podcast where we look at nerd media and culture through the lens of politics and identity. I'm Mike. And I'm Anjali. And we're here today to talk about Avengers Endgame. You may have heard of this movie. Um, just a heads up, this is not a spoiler-friendly podcast. We are assuming that you have seen it because we both have. I've seen it three times. Honestly, you've seen it how many? Four times. Four times, yeah. So, uh, we kind of like this movie. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, That's why I kept going back. Um, What did did you think about it? I am contemplating seeing it again this weekend. Fifth time? (laughs) All right. Uh, I really liked it. I think, but the thing is, I think what keeps bringing me back is the emotional scenes more so. I mean, the fu- the final battle scene is incredible, but I think for me, it's these really emotional moments that keep pulling me back to the film. Yeah, it, this is one of those movies that really hits the emotional beats really well, also, except for oh. one scene that we'll talk about later, at least for me. And yeah. I think part of that is thanks to the really beautiful score that Alan Silvestri did for the film as well. Yeah, like that uh, that Avengers theme, like as it's playing, like it's it's right up there with like <laughs> a, like the Star Wars theme. Like it hits you and you're like, all right, here we go. Yes. Petition yeah. for it to be the new national anthem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could I could get behind that. Um, so let's talk about Endgame as it relates to the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So we're both nerds and we've seen all of these movies, uh, most of them multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sorry, so, Ant-Man. Huh? Ant-Man, I have not seen multiple You've not seen Ant-Man? Okay. I, no, I've seen it, just not multiple. Uh, okay. I mean, it's one, of the, it's one of the mediocre ones. Uh, but I think what Endgame does is it takes some of those films that, you know, maybe mm-hmm. you didn't feel strongly about and it shows you like their, their significance in this larger Right. Particularly, yeah. I would say Ant Man, and also I really enjoyed the Guardians film films, but I think they sometimes feel disconnected from the rest mm-hmm. of the MCU. And I think Infinity War and Endgame, I mean, they really did make all these films feel like they're finally part of a shared universe. Yeah, that's one of the things I like about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that it doesn't it doesn't do a panel by panel recreation of comic books. But what it does do really well is those sort of emotions and feelings that you get when you read in comics, like it translates that to the screen really well. And some of the things that comics as a medium tries to do, um, you know, with like the the large cast and um, like these like interwoven stories, um, I think it does that really well uh, too. And you know, comics is a is a medium built for that. You sometimes see it in uh, in books, but it's more it's much more linear. Comics is you know kind of like all over the place, and like just stuff is you know there's connections everywhere. Uh, but I think the the MCU did a really good job of like making that a reality on on the screen. And I think I think what's so exciting or will be exciting is to go back and rewatch these movies now with an understanding of what they're building toward. Because often we knew okay that you know we'd have these movies and then you'd have your avengers movies every few years that would be the team-ups but at least for me it wasn't always clear that they were building toward this sort of bigger thing um and that you know the the infinity stones that would pop up in you know different movies that that was going to be sort of this central kind of through line but now to go back and rewatch those movies it's interesting because you do have a sense of Mm -hmm. kind of where they fit in which i think is really incredible that they achieved that um with these two movies yeah i think that kind of really took off at some point in i think it was phase two where that really started happening uh i think phase one they weren't really sure what was going to happen with this whole thing and so they're like, we're just going to make these movies and we're going to lead toward the avengers Mm -hmm. and then after that we're not really sure yet. And then once they found out how successful it was, like, okay, now we can try this much larger story. Um, and of course, oh, I mean, that's that's Kevin Feige. Like, right, you know. yeah. I, like, 
I would love to like ask him, like, hey, was this was this in your mind like day one? Like, were you gonna try and do like Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet and this big thing, or if it was just like, hey, let's get to the Avengers first and like see if that works, and then and mm-hmm. then go from there. Yeah. Um, but I think it's uh, a testament to uh, the Russo brothers and who are the writers for Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. Yeah, I think they did a great job going back to the to phase one where like you know Thanos wasn't you know in the picture mm-hmm. yet and like okay let's let's bring some of these elements into uh, into these movies. I mean that's I mean that's incredible, right? Because you know the Russos and then the screenwriting team they worked on you know. Um, Captain America, the first event, well, the right, the screenwriters worked on that mm-hmm. movie. And then, of course, uh, the Winter Soldier, uh, Civil War, and then Infinity War and Endgame. So it's not like they've touched all the other movies, but they really did a good job of make um, an Endgame, whether it's like callbacks, you know, literal time travel to these scenes from movies or just in, in some lines. Um, like, they really did their homework, basically. They took it seriously, and they... And I think that's incredible. And I think what they also did that mm-hmm. makes this movie really special is that they took seriously character building and these character arcs and um, having our, our two central characters, Iron Man and Captain America, really actually grow and develop over time such that these movies not only culminate all of the Marvel movies, but like the, kind of the, the character arcs for our two big heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's really incredible that they took that so seriously. Right. Um, so again, uh, not a spoiler-friendly podcast. So <laughs> let's jump right into some of the uh, the big the big moments in this movie. You brought up uh, Iron Man and Captain America. Yeah. Uh, let's. Which one do you want to talk about first? Want to talk about Cap first? I think we should talk about. I mean, it all starts with Iron Man. I think we should talk about okay. him first. Um, yeah. yeah, that was... So, I did not see his death coming. I thought for sure that uh, Iron Man would live and that Cap would make the big sacrifice and that, and that uh, Captain America Steve Rogers would die um, because I know Chris Evans has expressed not dislike of his contract situation and in in being in these movies, but he was... He was kind of tired. You know, these are big commitments. Like, him getting in shape for these movies has to be, like, a weeks-long ordeal. And if you've ever, like, worked out at that level, like, it's crazy. So, like, just getting ready for these movies has to be uh, a big thing. So I know he wasn't happy. And uh, with Robert Downey Jr., I thought, like, he would just live and they would just pay him, like, $10 million. And we would be like, hey, like, do a five-minute cameo. Here's $10 million. Because, like, everyone loves, like, RDJ is, is Iron Man, uh, Tony Stark. And, like, I thought they would, like, keep well, him coming in. Well, I think, I mean, yeah, aside from sort of the, you know, contract situation, just in terms of what we know of these characters, I think a lot of people assumed that Cap would be the one to sacrifice himself because mm-hmm. that's, that's at the heart of who his character is. Yeah. He's always been about service and putting other people you know before himself and Mm -hmm. kind of you know on the other hand iron man has you know kind of been a little more selfish yeah um he's you know he has a a wife and Mm -hmm. a kid well we didn't know that going into the movie but we knew that he you know he's got a life right and so it didn't seem likely that like why would he why would he die Mm -hmm. he has so much more to live for you yeah they thought they might hit that that storybook ending a little bit and and... that's what i but the thing is what makes the movie so incredible is it kind of it completes their arcs that instead Mm -hmm. of them just remaining true to the the character that we were introduced it with in Mm -hmm. phase one the, the screenwriters really wanted to show, no, these characters have evolved. That, yeah. you know, um, you know, and so that's why I thought what they did, I wasn't expecting it either, but I think it's perfect, um, yeah. honestly. Yeah, I thought I thought it, it worked out very well. Um, yeah, because, like, like, Tony Stark, his, like, he's been, he's been, like, selfishly selfless. Um, you know, like he always thought, he's like, I'm the one who can do this. I'm the one that has to, you know, build like this defense system for the planet. And like, he thought it was always going to be him. But I think he also wanted like the recognition, you know, it's like, 
I'm going to save the world and I want everyone to know that I'm the one that saved the world. And like at the end, I think he's just like, someone's got to save the world and I'm the one wearing the gauntlet right now. So it's got to be me. And if I die, like that's okay. And I, I think he did to like save the world, not to get recognition for saving the world. Yes. And I think, well, the thing I think about too is, you know, Tony Stark is a genius. And I think part of it is like, he, I feel like he thinks he can always sort of invent some technology or sort of outsmart his way out of a situation where they can save the day Mm -hmm. and everyone still goes home. And I think, you know, the fact that Dr. Strange says to him, there's sort of only one outcome in which you win and he sort of pulls up his finger. I think it's this realization that there is no sort of other way, Mm -hmm. no other outcome way they can get around this he has to do this Mm -hmm. and so i think that also kind of pushes him to make this this ultimate sacrifice because there is no other way this is it um and i just i just i think it was really exciting what they did with the movie too though is how they gave him you know a wife and a daughter Mm -hmm. because it raised the stakes for him in doing this and i thought that was great and i also thought the way they had him sort of go back and have this conversation with his father is also Mm -hmm. sort of in, in some ways, you could say foreshadowing this realization yeah. about, you know, his father saying, I never put kind of my own self-interest before the greater good. And, mm-hmm. you know, saying that he wishes he had a son who, or a child who wouldn't be like that. Yeah, um, yeah. I think, uh, I think Howard Stark would be pretty, pretty, uh, pretty proud of Tony. Um, yeah. So, what about, uh, like, what about, what about Steve? Like, we talked about his history of putting i guess like in the context of the greater good of always putting like the greater good before before himself you know like i think you see at the beginning of uh the winter soldier he's kind of like he's kind of tired too uh, but he's like someone's gotta someone's gotta fight like and i don't know how to do anything else so i guess it's gonna be me you know and so like he just keeps doing that um I mean, to that point, I think, for me, one of the most touching scenes in Endgame is, again, when him and Tony both sort of go back to 1970s New Jersey, and Mm -hmm. he sees Peggy, and he doesn't take his moment with her. Yeah. Again, in that moment, he's so focused on their mission. He just looks at her, and he's like, this is something I could do, but if I do it, then, like, the mission fell, and so, like, he just, like walks away especially you know in the beginning of the movie when they're going to space to confront thanos and he's sort of looking at Mm -hmm. her picture and it's like he has this chance and he just doesn't take it and Mm -hmm. i thought that that was such a character defining moment yeah um and i mean i think it's also interesting kind of you know him it's also interesting him and tony as sort of the two leaders of the avengers and they sort of serve these different Mm -hmm. leadership roles i mean tony's supplying all the tech i'm pretty sure he's putting the bills for the avengers headquarters you know giving them other people sort of their like upgrades Mm -hmm. but i think cap he's more of sort of like their moral leader center the heart the emotional center you know he's got like a kind of special relationship with a lot of the characters Mm -hmm. and so I think it's interesting to see him in this movie sort of play that role, that he's sort of like the level-headed one. He's, you know, everybody, we've got this. He gives that really moving speech before mm-hmm. they all go into time travel about, yep. you know, your teams, you know, your missions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to see him take, you know, when he goes at the end of the movie and, you know, is preparing to go return the stones and that he just takes that, that does that selfish thing and decides he wants to go back to his time, I just, yeah, that was perfect. But, like, yeah, and how about, like, that was, I think that was, like, the best way to, to end the movie, you know, like, Cap, like, Cap gets his dance, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know, like, I've always, I've always identified more with, with Cap than any other of the, of the characters, um, so just the opportunity to see him sort of, like, be, be happy and selfish just once and like I don't even, I don't know, even know if it, it's that selfish um, because of the whole sort of multiverse uh, um, aspect that was introduced in this movie which we'll also talk about later um, but yeah like I'm just he got his dance I'm happy like, I mean and that also is a callback because you know that's how um, uh-huh. the first Avenger ends where yeah. he's like I I had a date 
and yeah. and just then it ends you know cut yeah, to credits yeah, yeah books out of, the, and, out of the room yeah and that's one of my favorite endings to these movies because it's so it's just perfect uh-huh. and and yeah to see him get his dance and i mean i know there's been a lot of people who are like i don't they don't fully understand you know time travel particularly with cap they feel like okay you know time travel it's all made up but they lay out their rules for time travel in this movie fairly well and i think uh-huh. they stick to them up until the that end scene where i'm like wait a minute i, I don't fully get it but i almost mm-hmm. feel like it's one of those things where it's like i don't get it but I like what's happening, so I'm willing to suspend right. disbelief. Yeah, I don't need to fully uh-huh. get. It. I think that's like the important thing with with movies is if you hit the emotional beats really well and you sort of earn them, like you you sort of earn a pass. And I think I think this movie definitely definitely did that, especially with regards to Cap. What are your thoughts on Cap um, giving the shield to to Falcon rather than? So um, I like this. Um, I, I'm not, like, I don't identify with Falcon as a character as much as I do Cap, mm-hmm. but, like, I think it's a good move. Um, it's, an, it's a, it's a new look. It's a different, um, they, they'll be doing something different. I like how the Marvel Cinematic Universe is moving towards a more, uh, sort of diverse, sort of front line of, of heroes you know so like so let, like let's assume there's going to be an avengers 5 i don't think there is but like who would who would be in it it would be you know black panther it would be falcon it would be captain marvel mm-hmm. be doctor strange it would be spider-man mm-hmm. you know of those five only two are white men which i mean still Compared not the, the original yeah, avengers <laughs> which was uh what, five of six or something like that <laughs> Um, so, like, that's good. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'll be interested to see what they do with Falcon, because, uh, my understanding is in the comics, he, like, he doesn't get the super serum, uh, super soldier serum. Mm-hmm. He just, he's, he has the shield and he has his wings. And so, like, I don't know, like, it'll be, I'll, I'll be curious to see how, like, how he takes that mantle and, like, how he, like, grows into it. So I think that's a, like, a really interesting story to tell too because um i think i think a a, 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 like an interesting line for that scene could have been you know cap saying hey how does it feel and uh and falcon saying it feels a little big and then cap just being like "Eh, well you go into it Mm. because like I mean, Steve Rogers, like, he started off as, like, right. a wimp and tiny and, you know, but then, like, he had this thing. And I think even after he got the serum, like, he still, you know, he, had, he had, like, grow into it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think that's what happens to people when they're thrust into roles like that. Like, no one, so there's a, there's a line in The West Wing um there's a there's an episode in season six where they're preparing for, like, debates and speeches and stuff. And one of the candidates, he keeps getting this constant line of criticism. Like, oh, he doesn't sound presidential. He doesn't have the presidential voice. Mm. And his advisor, who worked in the White House with a president, he's like, yeah, that's the thing about the presidential voice. You don't get it until you become president. Mm. You know, so, like, Falcon's like, I'm Captain America now. I can't do this. Well... Like you become Captain America by being Captain America, mm-hmm. so I I am interested to see how how that plays out. And I'm excited because I think it'll probably play out maybe in terms of the the Falcon like Winter Soldier Disney Plus show. Right. And it's exciting. I'm excited to see. This is more of like a sidebar. Mm-hmm. How those shows, what they do with those shows, and how they play into the movies. Mm-hmm. Because, for example, I am interested too to sort of see them develop Falcon as a character more. Mm-hmm. But I'm not so sure that a lot of people are super interested in that you know his Mm -hmm. character's been a very kind of minor character saying you know throughout all these movies but i think you know with that show you can really explore that Mm -hmm. you know help him develop and then we see him you know again maybe in avengers 5 or another movie and he's sort of already there and ready to sort of take up this mantle Mm -hmm. and we get that backstory through the disney plus show and so i'm excited for the possibility of those shows to sort of kind of explore these kind of more secondary storylines that flesh mm-hmm. out kind of some of these characters that are maybe more underdeveloped but mm-hmm. aren't as 
maybe compelling or are not going to make the big numbers at the box office, but, mm -hmm. you know, help kind of round out the, the MCU. Right. I, you know, some people, you know, they, they felt like, oh, it should have went to Bucky. And, you know, I don't really agree with that. Yeah. because I don't think Bucky wanted it. Well, I don't think he wanted it either. And I mean, Bucky is sort of damaged, yeah. like, you know, just through everything he's been through. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm not so sure that he's the right person to sort of kind of, you know, this, you know, Captain America or his shield is sort of this very idealistic person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Falcon was also a soldier like them. Mm -hmm. And as much as, you know, Cap and Bucky have this friendship, this loyalty to each other, I think a lot of that, you know, stems from a different time. Whereas, you know, mm -hmm. Cap in the present day, Falcon's sort of been his right hand man through a lot of these mm -hmm. things. And I think that that hasn't been acknowledged as much. Right. Because um, we always see Cap going to bat for Bucky. Mm -hmm. And so I think it makes sense. I think, you know, we also even see how in um, the Winter Soldier, where they meet, how Falcon is sort of um, like counseling mm -hmm. vets and things like that and, and supporting people. And we sort of, we see Cap do that in this, in Endgame, where he's, mm -hmm. you know, you know, facilitating a, a support group. And so I think they share these similar kind of qualities of, yeah. of service and, you know, loyalty mm -hmm. that, and so I think it does make sense from that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so we talked about, we talked about Tony. We talked about uh, Cap, who didn't die, but like this was his exit from uh, from the franchise. So we've got uh, we've got one more, and uh, we we agreed mostly on uh, on Tony and Steve, uh, but I know we we generally disagree on uh, on the last death, uh, Natasha. So. Uh, do you wanna do you wanna go first and and explain like sure. uh, you, you know what you thought of that scene? Uh, I really liked that scene a lot. I thought her her heroism and her sacrifice was really noble um, and admirable, and I thought I thought just her not so much how she died but her character dying. In some ways, I felt like. I mean, I'm still a little conflicted on this, but I did feel like that was that was in line with her character. She says early in the movie, you know, like, I didn't have anybody, and then I got this family. I got this team. And, you know, she even says when they're at Warmere, all I've been trying to do for the last five years is get to this moment. That's what mattered to her. Like, and so I think it, it is believable to me that she would sacrifice herself. And... You know, she has complete agency in that moment to do so. And, you know, people are saying Hawkeye should have been the one. He tried. He did not hesitate. He was willing to be the one. And it's not like he pushed her or anyone else pushed her. She chose to do that. And she knew what she was doing. She knew why she was doing it. And so I I really liked it. Um, uh, I thought, And I thought it was powerful to, to do that. Um, Especially as a female character, because I feel like we tend to assume, oh, you know, if it's a man and a woman and someone has to die, oh, the man's going to sacrifice himself um, for the woman. The woman wouldn't be the one to do so. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so my my opinion of this, like this scene and this event, has sort of um, sort of evolved over the past few weeks. Um, the first time I saw it, I didn't like it. Um, I thought, like, I thought it was a, like a textbook case of, of bridging and I don't necessarily think that anymore because, uh, like Anjali said, you know, th this, uh, like she had agency throughout this entire, this entire scene. Um, like she, she chose to do this. Like it wasn't something that was done to her to further, uh, you know, the, the plot line for other characters. Like she chose to do this. So I don't think it's bridging anymore. Um, I also used to just not like the scene and that's changed too. Um, I think it is a good representation of the sort of dynamic between, uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye. You know, they've always had that sort of, um, friendly banter, like witty sort of thing. And so like watching these two characters, like, fight each other to be the one to sacrifice themselves um not funny but like 
a little funny. Like, it's, you know, they're like, no, I'm going to be the one. No, me. No, mm -hmm. me. And mm -hmm. they kind of, like, go back and forth. So I I like the scene itself uh, more now. Um, I get so I guess I have two things left that kind of bother me. Uh, the first is that, like, it's Hawkeye. No one cares about Hawkeye. Okay, but this is the thing. No one, we don't care, but she cares about it. She does. And that's what matters in the scene is that you have to give up someone you love. It can't just be any right. two people on there. She cares about it. Right, and I'll, like, I'll, I'll address that. And, uh, um, so, also, like, so Hawkeye in this movie, like, he's not a good person. Like, he's indiscriminately killing brown people. Like, is that really the kind of person you want to save? Which I guess, like, is a nice callback to the first Avengers movie where, like, Natasha was, like... She had a history of doing terrible, terrible things. That's the point. We don't know her history either. Right. And, and we will, assuming the, the Black Widow movie is a prequel, which, I mean, it has to be. Um, okay, so, like, I, I mean, I don't necessarily agree, but, like, I see, I see where, like, that's, that's coming from. But the other thing is, like, she, I don't know, like, the, the thing with this movie is, or this scene, um, like, oh, like, it's okay because she's sacrificing herself to save the world, save the universe. Well, like, she was going to be doing that anyway, no matter who was there. Like, like, that, like, that's a given, you know? So, like, the scene is like, oh, she sacrificed herself to save Hawkeye. Like, I mean, like, that's, like, that's sort of, like, the emotional underpinning of of this scene. I don't, re I don't feel that way when I watch it. I don't okay. think it's about Hawkeye. Like, I mean, like, I, she's not doing it for, she's doing it because she believes in the overall mission. Like, yeah. we, if we don't I get mean, this like, stone, we lose. Yeah, but I mean, like, they get the stone if Hawkeye dies, too. Yes. So, like, fair. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, she's doing it to save Hawkeye. Um, and, I, so I guess, fair. Yeah, I guess, my big, I guess the biggest thing for me about this scene is, okay, so, like, in general, I've come around to, like, Natasha's death, like, not being as upsetting for me in terms of, like, I think it's, like, I think it was a bad death. Like, I always thought it was a noble sacrifice. Um, but I've come around a bit on, like, okay, like, I'm, I'm more accepting of this scene. But I do think it, it's just a missed opportunity. Uh, like, because, again... No one, no one cares about Hawkeye. Like, can you imagine that scene if it? This movie actually did a decent job of making me sort of care about him. I mean, yeah, it's a little I, like, too late. Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, it's a little too late. But like, but, can can you just imagine that scene if it had been uh, like Bruce or Steve? Like that would have been devastating. You know, like I think it would have been much more of a gut punch to see to see Steve or Bruce react in real time to that moment. Then, then you know, five minutes later, like, oh, the Hulk throws a bench. Like, but there's no way in which she's gonna be able, like, if it's her and the Hulk, how is she gonna overpower him? How? There's no way in which okay, okay. he's one. So he's, it's not happening. Like, she can't stop him. She could have. She could have done it for. I think she could have like done. She could have been sneaky with Steve and like been able to like pull it off. I with with Hulk, it's tricky. And also, I don't, with Hulk, I think it's actually kind of weird because they had, like, they alluded to a thing mm -hmm. in, like, Age of Ultron, and that was, like, kind of ages ago. It's, like, right. fizzled out. Yeah. And he was sort of, like, yeah. MIA, you yeah. know? I mean, I am, I am less enthusiastic about that scene with Natasha and Bruce than I am about Natasha and Steve. I, like, yeah, but I would have wept tears of mourning and like wh and wailed in the theater if that had been natasha and steve in that scene uh, yes that would have been very surprising like, yeah yes of course i i think that would have been interesting although you could say well how would they have done that and then have steve do he's kind of got a he's gonna like he his you know journeys uh -huh. when they're time traveling have you know right the, a different type of significance yeah. well, i mean like don't forget like steve's relationship with 
Natasha. Like we talk, yeah. we talk about like Steve uh, w- uh, about Falcon being mm-hmm. um, like his sort of like right hand man since Civil War, and like uh, I'm sorry, since um, the Winter Soldier, which which is true. But like, don't forget, like there was a lot of sort of like relationship growing between Natasha and Steve. Uh, in that same movie, you know, and like in Civil War, like she was originally on on Tony's side, and then right. at the end was like, no, like you got to be the one to go, like go, like I'll, I I got this, you know, and so, um, yeah, like so like the, the relationship between Natasha and Bruce was kind of like flirty and like sort of like faded away after like Ultron, and then in in Civil, I'm sorry, uh, Winter Soldier. There kind of was, like, this flirtatious sort of, like, maybe romantic thing between uh, Natasha and Steve, which uh, I don't know if Steve ever reciprocated in uh, any sort of, like, flirtatious action, but, I mean, like, that was what they were trying to, like, portray in the movies, and Mm -hmm. I think they sort of, like, moved past that. And we're like, okay, like we're like we're good friends, we're good coworkers, you know, like we're colleagues now. And like you see it when when Steve shows up to like the base at the beginning of the movie, like mm-hmm. I thought, like what do we like what do we do? Like you know, like oh, I'm here to see a friend, you know. Uh, so. Well, I think like that also though, but kind of what you're illustrating, she's got these connections to multiple Avengers. I mean, mm-hmm. she first shows up in Iron Man yeah. two. Like, you know, and so, and her and Tony sort of have a good rapport with each other as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Um, which is why I think her death granted, you know, people said she didn't get a funeral the way Tony did or whatever. I don't think, I don't think she would have wanted a funeral. They do take a pause in the movie. They all are sort of shook. And Uh the thing is, let's be fair. If it had been Hawkeye that had been the one, would they have all sort of had that pause? Would it have resonated as much? That, like that's fair. No, yeah. like, like she's sort of this. My only gripe with like this, not the scene, but with her dying, is that I just feel like they never fully gave her character her focus. Like, mm-hmm. like we say, all her moments in these movies, she's by the side of some guy. Like, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And they, like, at times kind of allude to her backstory, but of mm-hmm. course, you know, we're not getting, we haven't gotten her standalone film yet. Yeah. And so that's the only yeah. thing is it's like, it feels kind of messed up to kill this character before her character ever got fully mm-hmm. fleshed out. Yeah. That's my only thing. They are doing this. She is going to get her standalone movie. And I don't mm-hmm. think... Some people are like, it's dumb for her to get her standalone movie now. The character's dead. No one cares. I would argue that I think some people will actually care more. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, who was this person? Yeah, how did how did she get from this movie like to where she was in, in Endgame? Or I'm sorry. It, like, how did she get from like where she started in yeah. her in her standalone movie that's coming up, you know, to, to Endgame? Like, that's, what... Like, how did... like. Wh- you know, and like, I'm kind of hoping in that movie, if you know, it's a prequel, I'm assuming, is that we kind of see that she did some really terrible shit on par with what Hawkeye does uh-huh. in this movie. Because that is something I do. It's like, yeah, we saw him kill all these people at the beginning of the movie. So it's like, yeah. But it's like, she, she sort of says, you know, you didn't judge me on my shit, mm-hmm. basically. And so I think... If we see her do stuff that's on par, that'll also help me kind of make peace with the fact that, like, well, he did bad stuff. Why wasn't he the one? Like, mm-hmm. They both did bad stuff. It's just we saw his an yeah. hour ago, and hers was however many movies yeah, ago, and we that, never really we ne- saw it. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess, like, like another is sort of like a missed opportunity, and, and a, a criticism that I've heard of this scene is, like, it doesn't resonate as much as Tony's or Steve's uh, sort of send-off because these characters would never develop. Like, I say no one cares about Hawkeye because, like, we were never given a reason to care about Hawkeye. Like, sure, there was this bit at the beginning of this movie, uh, you know, like, we loses his family, which... But you could argue, not to you, but you could argue that people don't really care that much about Black Widow either. Like, really? Do they? Like, as I mean, a character? Like... That, yeah, yeah, but I, I think they care more about her than, than Hawkeye. Yes, but by how much? Like, uh, like, at least in order of magnitude. Like, she's been in two, yes. three times as many movies. Like, you've gotten to know her a little bit. You've seen, you've, but, like, seen who she yeah. is as a person. But to that point, 
Tony and Steve have had three of their own standalone movies uh-huh. each. Yeah, whereas, that, like, that's what I'm saying. She, like, her character didn't, so you would care more about. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like we, that's why we care more about Steve and uh, and Tony, and why we care more about Natasha than we do about Hawkeye because we've seen more of her. And but I do get that. I mean, where I think some of this even comes from that. Oh, we don't care about her death as much as. Tony and Steve. I think it's more of this, you know, whether people call it this or not, it's about gender and feeling like she's yeah. you know, kind of the sole woman out of the original Avengers. Uh-huh. And I just, think that was where a lot of the the sort of like anger at this scene, like she's the one female Avenger, like you, this is this is the story you write for her. And, and I do that get that, like, I feel like, you know, again, kind of a, a polarizing scene as, you know, in the final <laughs> battle where he, there's the... She's got help. All the, the women uh-huh. come together. Yeah. And it's like, listen, I get it. Total fan service. Totally. Kind of don't even care. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, I it bothers some people because, like, no way in this battlefield with thousands of people that, mm-hmm. like, the, the ten women happen to all be in the same place yeah. at the same time. But I kind of like it as a scene uh, because, like, it's, it's almost breaking the fourth wall a little bit where, you know, there's this... You see this, this wailing and gnashing of teeth of white fanboys. You know, like, oh God, why do you have to keep doing this? And there's like, yeah, we're gonna, like, we're gonna keep doing this. And like, this is sort of like a little bit of a middle finger to like those guys who are complaining about like stupid stuff. So like, I kind of like it. I think it's also kind of like a like a self congratulatory thing for like Marvel to be like, you know, yeah, we started off with like one female Mm -hmm. character. Now look how far we've come. We like want to literally show you. Mm -hmm. And I like to think, although I don't know how true this is or not, that they're sort of when they're saying like she's got help. It's kind of a nod to Black Widow. Like, you know, mm-hmm. she's she's not alone in this. Like, yeah. you know, there's other there's other women here, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, she died and it's maybe, you mm-hmm. know, however you feel or about it. It's sort of it. like she paved the way. Yeah, it's not like, oh, the one female character is now gone because there's all these other ones. Mm-hmm. Um so Yeah, so yeah. like, you know, people like they when they watch movies like like they identify with who they see on screen. And so, like, women saw Black Widow, like, okay, I can identify with her. And, like, they identify with her more than Captain America because, like, of course of course, women do, you know? And now, like, now you've got, you've got Brie Larson, you've got um, Okoye, I, I can't remember the actress's name. Um, Danae, Danae Guerra, I want to see. Okay, um, you've got... Uh, uh, Lupita Nyong'o. That I pronounce well, that? she didn't show up in this movie. But I mean, she's she. She's I'm, not really an event. I don't know. She's not really. Uh, I think she'll be in Black Panther too. Yes, but right. she's not really a. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's meant to be like a hero. You right. Know? Okay. Like that's that's fair. I mean, um, you got Shuri. You've got um, the Wasp. Yep, you've, you've got, got Valkyrie. Uh huh. You've got um, uh, Scarlet Witch. You know, so they, you know, there, there are other people that women can point like, okay, like that's me, like that's that, that's me on screen, you know, yes. um, and hopefully like they they continue to to do that. Um, um, yeah, and I mean, it would be maybe maybe we get an all female Avengers movie sometime. The the, the A Force yes. is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah, I dude, I'd be down for that. I'd totally watch that movie. Um, <laughs> But I mean, at this point, like I'm watching anything Marvel puts out oh, until, exactly. like, until they release like a stream of you know the Hulks and you know the Incredible Hulks and like Thor: The Dark Worlds, like, you know, like they they they've earned they've earned my benefit of the doubt for for like anything they want to put out. So, but like we already talked about some like stuff that's coming up mm-hmm. what like do you have any predictions for like what might be happening in the the mcu well so it was really quick but a scene i really liked in endgame is at the very beginning where rocket is sort of talking about how thanos's snap at the end of infinity war creates an energy surge across mm-hmm. the earth that's like never been seen before mm-hmm. and that makes me think about like mutants or like x-men is that gonna somehow be the little portal to like them bringing the x-men into the mcu i mean i think we're pretty far off from that but still i was just really excited by what they might do Mm -hmm. with like the 
the aftercurrents of the snap. Whether yeah. it's like, you know, stuff like that, or even just like, how are they going to acknowledge or deal with the, like, how has the world changed? Yes, mm-hmm. they brought everyone back who, who um, was decimated in the snap, but like, now you've got people who are five years older than mm-hmm. the rest, you know. You've got maybe people who lost a spouse and they remarried, or yeah. you've got, you know... Yeah, you know, Peter yeah. Parker goes right. back to school yeah. and half his yeah. classmates are And the are thing probably is, like, gone. those people that, that were snapped away, like, they come back not knowing anything happened. So, like, this like this woman who got snapped yeah. away or this man who got snapped away and, like, their spouse is, is you know, remarried, like, they have, they have no idea what happened. Like, why? What? You know, so you know, from a, a prep, I'm sure they're not gonna. Maybe they won't get into this, but you know, as someone who's like a social scientist, I'm like, well, how are you gonna reabsorb all these people into the labor market? Yeah, um, <laughs> well, I mean, like, like, so, like, yeah, this took place five years later. Like, like production of goods and services has adjusted. It, uh, yeah, at least a little bit. So, like, you're producing food for three and a half billion people. Now you have three and a half billion more. Like, how do you how do you handle that shock? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they're going to, like, hand wave it away, I'm sure. But it's still, like, an interesting question. Yeah, I think um, so. Or, you know, what, you know, so the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer, you know, alludes to maybe that now there's a multiverse uh-huh. that we're aware of. And yeah. so I'm excited yeah. to see how they kind of, how they even refer to this event that happened. Mm-hmm. You know, because, like, in some of the Marvel movies or the, the Marvel Netflix shows, they talk about the Battle of New York. And that's mm-hmm. something that's at least frequently mentioned Mm -hmm. and so i'm curious to see what another thing that i haven't heard a lot of people talk about is at the beginning of endgame when cap is facilitating that support group and he says you know we gotta we gotta move on we gotta live or else thanos should have killed us all and Mm -hmm. i thought that was so strange because he mentions thanos to a group of regular people and Mm -hmm. so i wonder you know the only people who knew that like thanos snapped his fingers and that's what led to all these people disappearing were the Avengers. So mm-hmm. how now is it like in the everyday language of everyone who this Thanos is? Like, how did that happen? Well, I mean, well, so like it took place five years later. But like, don't forget, like they assaulted New York City. You know, they assaulted... Oh, um, yeah, true. Like where, like where were Vision and Scarlet? Like somewhere in Europe, right? Yeah, like Berlin then, or yeah, something? Yeah, and then Wakanda. Uh, yeah, and then like like Wakanda, I mean, like they were shut off from the world. Like that's where yeah. the, the, the big battle took place. So like there's not like those TV cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like I still think like you, they, like you would know at least a little bit, yeah. you know? Um, like, yeah. Uh, so... What movies have been announced so far for Phase um, Four? So the Black, Black Widow. Panther. Okay, Black Widow, Black Panther Two, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange Two. We're getting a Shang Chi movie. That's okay. Confirmed. Uh huh. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Yeah. Um, um, I hope they call it As Guardians of the Galaxy. Like ditch yeah. the volume three and just call it As Guardians of the that Galaxy. That would be cool. Yeah. Um. Uh. Is it has a Captain America, uh, Captain Marvel Two movie been announced? Not I mean, that I've heard of. I mean, what, like, we it's assume. a given. Like, sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, th- like, that's going to be the, like, at worst, like, third largest grossing movie of the year behind Endgame and then maybe the new Star Wars movie. But the new Star well, Wars movie. I don't know. Only... We're getting these Lion King and Aladdin live action oh, okay. movies and right. Toy Story 4. I'm right. sure that we'll be. So, Cat, well, point being, Kevin was gonna still still going to be a top five sure. <laughs> movie. Yes. Um, and um, I'm also interested to see how, how these scrolls, the scroll thing gets incorporated into. The, the what? The scrolls. Oh, um, yeah. Into the MCU. Yeah, like, so that was my one of my things. Uh, so they're not, they've said they're not doing these big culminating movies anymore. Like, there's not going to be an Avengers 5. Mm-hmm. Like, so I wonder, like, I, like, I just wonder how that's going to play out. Well, so like, I think... Is, like, a space four just going to, like, go on indefinitely? Well, actually, that's something I thought about, is because I kind of thought, well, it's interesting, because now with Infinity War and Endgame, like, all of these Avengers are now all aware of each other. Mm-hmm. So it would kind of make sense for them to sort of start popping up in each other's movies right. more frequently. So maybe you don't need an Avengers movie, movie every few have, years because they're going to do team-ups maybe You have a Captain often. Marvel movie and, oh, hey, the Hulk's in it. Yeah, you know, it's kind of okay. like with Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, was or, sort of this, like, or like Civil War. Yeah. Which was 
Which was basically like Avengers 2.5. Which I think would make sense. I mean, that's like something they do in comics where they do team-ups. Yeah. Where two characters come together and uh-huh. it's like, a, you know, yeah. really interesting. And I think that would be really fun. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, you mentioned, uh, so you mentioned the Skrulls. So in the comics, the Skrulls are, are bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope, I hope they don't go that route. Uh, in the movies, I want them to keep the scrolls as like a refugee race. Well, I, think... I don't know because the scrolls we meet in Captain Marvel are good guys, but does that mean the entire pop like you know? Like mm. I, I, well, I think I like the idea of there being like a sort of like refugee race. I think um, I think it opens up avenues for like different stories. Um, it opens up, you know opportunities for like sort of allegories that people who might be shall we say less inclined to support uh (laughs) refugee uh um situations lifestyle like incorporation yeah uh you know like oh hey like i guess if it's i guess if the scrolls are okay then like this guy from mexico is also okay i mean it's kind of silly but i don't what I actually think, and it's not just related to the scrolls, I think we're going to see more space stuff. Yeah. And I'm, what I really love about Captain Marvel's character and a lot of her lines in Endgame, I mean, she, she's kind mm-hmm. of not in the picture for a lot of it, yeah. is that she's kind of kind of holding them all to say, there's other planets out right. there besides Earth. That's, the, the, um, <laughs> I think they've announced uh, the Eternals, yes. too. Yes, which... you're right. I think they're Inhumans, which has mostly been in the in the realm of like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. But, and then they had the Inhumans TV show. Right. Um, but, like, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I like the idea of them bring yeah, bringing in more space stuff. Bring, um, I think they, uh, I want to sort of like the, the cosmic level of, yes. of the, of the Marvel Universe. It's kind of big, I don't know, I want to say like in the 80s. Um, so, but then, so yeah, uh, like space stuff. So, Disney bought 20th Century Fox. Mm-hmm. They have access to all of those properties now. Right. I know the, the they have like the Dark Phoenix coming out in uh, June, I think. Yes. Yeah. So they can't announce like, hey, we're bringing in mutants to the MCU. I kind of. I, I want them to. What I, if I had a guess from like a business like, you know, perspective, I think that's sort of like their, um. Like, you know, now we're losing... They're in a weird place because, mm-hmm. you know, okay, our, our big heroes, the ones everyone loves, mm-hmm. are gone. And yeah. I think, you know, also, as you said earlier, I think they're trying to move towards more diversity, whether it's right. gender, race, uh-huh. you know. And it seems like with Black Panther and Captain Marvel, that's, that's been successful at the box office. Uh-huh. So, you know, that's encouraging that they'll keep doing that. But if for some reason this next phase, if, if maybe they're not doing as well at the box uh-huh. office... Right. I could see them being like, okay, let's pull out X-Men or Fantastic Four because yeah. that's definitely going to draw mm-hmm. people. So, well, so I would hold off on that for a little while. I mean, yeah. So I am I am in a slightly skeptical place regarding Phase 4. Like, I'm excited. Like, like I'm going to go see all the movies and everything. Duh. But, yeah, like, you know, Tony Stark not there, you know. Captain America, not there. You know, Black Widow, not there. Thor, like, he's... I mean, his contract is technically up, but he's kind of like, oh, hey, you figured out how to write my character in a fun way. I'll do another movie. But, like, I mean... I how... thought I saw something that he signed another contract. Yeah, but, I mean, like, is it going to be, like, a nine-picture deal? Like, like Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans did at the very beginning? Like, I don't I don't think so. Um, so, th- this is one of the limitations of of movies as a sort of as a medium for telling these stories is like you know Tony Stark is Tony Stark for 40 years in the comics like he's the same guy like they can like reboot it and like but he's the same guy Robert Downey Jr. gets older you know like they can't they can't uh, pump out movies like they do like they do comic books um, if they really, I don't know, again, if it's like, yeah. it's something they've got in their back pocket, if they really want to do, can't Tony Stark come back as like an AI? Yeah, oh yeah. Like, but, but, his voice yeah, at least. They, yeah, they can do that, but I'm just saying like, the characters like themselves, like, mm-hmm. like, they're limited. And so I think, 
the uh, the MCU, like they need a steady stream of new characters so they can get new actors yeah. in to play them. Um, okay. And so, like, that's why, like, I was really excited about, like, X-Men and Fantastic mm-hmm. Four. So, yeah. like I was saying before, like, I'm cautiously, like, a little skeptical of, like, Phase Four going forward. But, like, they announced that, like, oh, hey, X-Men and Fantastic Four, like, I would be so hyped. Like, Doctor Doom, the Silver mm-hmm. Surfer, like, uh, getting, you know, some good X-Men movies. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm really excited about that. Uh, and again, like they just have access to a much larger library of characters. And mm-hmm. sure, what they did through the first twenty-two films is they essentially took the B team of right. Marvel characters and like, and now now look at them. They spun gold with like right. Iron Man, who no one cared about, right. with the Hulk, who no one cared about, with you know Black Widow, and like everyone like Captain America has been like a steady thing, but like he wasn't nearly as popular, mm-hmm. you know, 10, 15 years ago as he is now. Um, so I trust them to take like B like B name heroes and like turn them into people we care about. But I also think having access to, like, A-list characters like the X-Men and Spider-Man. Sure. We'll see how that whole thing plays out. Because I know the the contract with, with Sony is up after, I think, the third standalone Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. And Sony might just be like, no, we have our Spider-Man extended universe now. We're keeping them. Um, yeah. I mean... I hope they don't do that. Because, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what they do. I yeah. mean, the thing that I'm most nervous, like, about is... I do think the, you know, we're talking about, like, casting decisions, mm-hmm. but I think questions of, like, directors and screenwriters matter a lot. For sure. Um, and I'm... Bring in, uh... I'm a little nervous Ava, about... Bring that. in Ava DuVernay for, um, for, like, the, for the Shuri movie. Or, talk about Ironheart for a second. Let's talk about an Ironheart movie. So, I'm nervous because I feel like they'll never... I don't know, because... I feel like everyone looks at, like, Shuri is like, oh, man, she's the tech genius, black uh-huh. female techie. Like, she can pick up Iron Man. And she could. And I guess she... they could just call her Ironheart because, like you said, they never do a panel-by-panel adaptation yeah. of these movies. Yeah. I guess like if it hits, like, all the same emotional beats, um, it's okay. I um, know I know Shuri... Uh, being Ironheart wouldn't hit the same emotional beats for you. Well, but... no, because, I mean, well, because... She, Ironheart in the comics is a black teen girl from Chicago. Uh-huh. Um, she's dealt with a lot of gun violence mm-hmm. um, in her family, and she's very much, you know, wanting to at least with the the run that Eve Ewing is writing right now, like helping her city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. So it's different. Shuri is a princess, you know. So yeah, it's a little. I guess that's why I would want them to sort of, you know, it to not be Shuri. Because, yeah, she's this princess who's this really wealthy yeah. nation. Right. Shuri, I yeah. mean, Ironheart, she's making stuff in her garage. And then she's so smart that she gets a scholarship to MIT. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Like, Tony Stark was rich before he became Iron Man. Well, like, yeah. I want to I see someone become Iron Man from, mean, from nothing, you know? Yes, but more importantly, I think it's just I want to see a black female, like, movie like a, a right. movie a marvel movie centered around a black female character mm-hmm. um and so i'm i'm hopeful that that will happen because yes no i'm not going to talk bad about black but i mean in that movie for me the the standouts were the the black women in the movie yeah and so i just i just that's what i'm really hopeful for if we get right. that at some point yeah um, so yeah <laughs> I think there's a lot to be excited about, but again, I'm just I'm a li- I'm I'm a little skeptical, a little you know uh, cautious. Like I I they're, like they're not gonna be able to like hit the same peak end game hit right out of the gate. Like they, right, and I hope people don't have that expectation for them. I mean, yeah, I mean they're. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised at how quickly they're like, here's your new trailer for Far From Home that mm-hmm. we're immediately, you know, gearing up for the next one. But... Yeah. But, I mean, they're still, they're still slowing down. So, like, you have, you have Far From Home, and then those are... I think those are the... There isn't another one until... Next year. Yeah, next year. And there's, and there's only two, two instead of three. I mean, yeah. 
so that's okay though. Yeah, I think they, they're gonna take time to figure it out. Yeah, um, I think they need to do some brainstorm. Like, hey, how are we gonna roll this out? And, Who are we gonna? Kevin Feige, we trust. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, he did. He did a great job the first time. Let's see if he can uh, do it again for like the next, the next saga. I, th- um, I think it'll be the the I think it might be the Cree I think like uh, oh. or maybe the Cree Scroll War mm-hmm. like I wonder I wonder if they're gonna keep doing this sort of no culminating thing like we talked about like hey like oh the Hulk shows up in in the Captain Marvel movie but financially speaking they must be like you know what it's better for us financially to have these big culminating movies and have like in this, terms of th- finan- like doing well at the box office you mean just doing well at the box office um and like having um you know so they have like they had like the infinity saga like are yeah. they gonna are they gonna do this again with like a different a different story and or like maybe they're not maybe they are planning to do but maybe they're not gonna announce it that way because right. they want it to be a bit of a surprise right i, I mean like they didn't they didn't announce it was was Thanos in the um, uh, the first Avengers at the end? Oh, okay. The end, one of the end credits scenes is that when he first shows up, he just okay, like, yeah. smiles and his like. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, okay, so yeah, like maybe they don't announce like the next saga until sometime in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It'll be like maybe it'll be like the Kree Scroll War or something. Um, maybe it'll be like Civil War Two, which I'm mm-hmm. getting to read in the comics at some point. Um, or like Secret Wars or something, uh, or Secret Invasion. Um, but like, like I, I think they may end up going back to like this larger arc format that they've been doing. If if Phase Four doesn't meet expectations, mm-hmm. whatever those expectations they sort of like set for themselves are. I, I, something else I wonder that they could do is we sort of now have, in terms of the original Avengers, you know, some of them have, like, kids. So, I don't know. It's like, you know, okay, well, Tony Stark has a daughter. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye has a daughter. Ant-Man has a daughter. Uh-huh. Like, if, if they kind of wanted to rehash some of these older characters, but in, like, so, a so it's way. It's a, uh, a way to do it. Like, hey, I'm, uh, like, I'm, I'm Morgan Stark uh, instead of, and... Yeah. Um, t- take a different man. I mean, she'd be, she'd be Iron Woman, um, sure. Yeah. So just Morgan Stark cannot be Ironheart. I, <laughs> I think well, we that, agree on that. I think yeah. I think there's they, a lot of. Oh god, there would be there would be such a firestorm if they announced that. Oh uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think they would. No, that. they wouldn't. I I, I think I think they kind of like know better now. Oh uh, yeah, I think they. I think they're more. Yeah. And then you know, they said recently that you know one of the characters that we know is that is going to come out as LGBT, uh-huh. and so. The, I mean, I feel pretty confident that it's Captain Marvel, but, uh-huh. I mean, that'll be interesting. Right. I am very hopeful for a Captain Marvel Valkyrie romance right. that Brie Larson and Tessa Thompson have been alluding to on, on Twitter and, you know, on, like, the red carpet and stuff. Uh-huh. Like, they're very flirtatious with each other. Right. I would be totally yeah. down for that. Yeah, <laughs> I hope it's, I hope it's an A-list hero. Yes. Um, my, right. my immediate inclination is that it's going to be Valkyrie. Uh, which, I mean, she, like, she figures prominently in, in Thor Ragnarok. Um, she made appearances in Endgame. Mm-hmm. She wasn't in, in Infinity War, was she? I don't no, think so. No, she was not. Yeah. So, the, announcing Valkyrie as the LGBTQ, uh, superhero would not have the same oomph. As, like, right. Captain America, or, I'm sorry, Captain yeah. Marvel. Yeah, or another sort of really big, you know, Yeah. Um, definitely. So, I, yeah, I hope, it, I hope it's an A-lister, but, I mean, any... But in terms of A-listers, not to say that a character couldn't be bi or queer, but uh-huh. we, in Doctor Strange's movie, he has a thing um, with, uh, what's her name? Uh, the actress's name? Yes. Rachel McAdams, yeah. who plays, you know another doctor or uh-huh. black panther he's got you know this thing with lupita nyong'o's character uh-huh. um spider-man has you know a thing with the, the girl and his in homecoming and now um, yeah, zendaya's character yep. mj so in terms of the big names uh, who else who, would it be but yeah captain marvel or yeah or or valkyrie yeah i i, I can't think of i can't think of one so i I'm probably gonna be one of those two for sure um but yeah both 
Yeah. So, uh, any other thoughts, comments, uh, um, observations on uh, on Endgame and uh, the MCU? One more thing I will say, and this came up for me, you know, in the Far From Home trailer where Peter Parker's like, why didn't you get... Um, Thor or Captain Marvel. Oh, Captain Marvel's busy. Yeah. You know, she was busy also in Endgame. I think they need to find a way. Like, she can't always be busy. They need to figure that out. Yeah. Like, and yeah. that's just a minor comment. But. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like the idea of, like, maybe them moving into, like, smaller stories. Like, they did this big thing. Like, like ever since, like, ever since, um, you know, the first Avengers, I guess, like, Iron Man 3 wasn't necessarily, like, like grand mm-hmm. in terms. But, I mean, like, like Civil War, like that was essentially an Avengers movie, you yes. know. And then you had Endgame, and then you had like, in, or I'm sorry, Infinity War. Then you had Endgame, you know. Um, like I, I kind of like tell tell smaller stories for a little bit, yeah. and then and I think they will because like Spider Man, he's a big name character, but like he's not at like a cosmic level of power. He doesn't have the uh, uh, the sort of like cachet in like in the like the in universe uh that like captain america does i think what i what i think is going to be challenging is with them telling smaller stories is how do you convey a compelling villain after we saw thanos so for example like so i think you have to be i feel like you'd have to do something kind of bring back killmonger yeah some but something like how in black panther it's not just some random villain there's some like real familial like they're dealing with sort of national racial politics that Uh you know so the villain is not just oh some evil person who wants to destroy yeah uh, the world for some reason Uh but it's something that's like they're a villain for a different reason. There's mm. more at stake. So yeah. I think they have to do something like a, a killmonger yeah, more, type more, villain. More personal stakes as opposed yes. to Oh, I want to destroy world the world. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. I loved Endgame. I'm really excited about the MCU I going forward. I did too. We'll yeah. be seeing it probably at least one more time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have any plans to, but I could see myself seeing it at least one more time. Um. Yeah, so, yeah, this was our first episode of Nerd vs. Nerd. Thanks Uh, for tuning in. (laughs) Yeah, hope to talk to you guys later. Bye.